Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes people always ask, why, why, you, why do you get so, so hyper and, and, and stuff? And I'm like, well, why, 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 why not? <laughs> I didn't have a hard time speaking. I just, that's because when people ask stupid questions like that, I'm like, why not? Why aren't we making noise for the kingdom when the kingdom of darkness is making so much noise all around us? Come on, somebody. I love that, that our mission, I love that video. Our mission as the church is to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the midst of chaos, in the midst of, 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 of a culture that is thriving to generate. Y'all do understand they're generating bad news. We live in a culture that their main thrust is to generate bad news. And our job and our mission as the church is to lift people up past the point of where the enemy can, can, can grab a hold of them. Come on, somebody. That's our mission is to lift people up, to lift up those that are hurting and those that are broken and those um, that have felt like they have no hope. Our responsibility, and it's the reason you're here, and I have the responsibility today to, to open up God's word and to give you hope. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, welcome, uh, welcome to church. Welcome to the Sunday after Easter. Amen. <laughs> missed Paul and Janelle. That's, that's like the first, they spent family time away, and that's the first Easter in, since we've been down here that you weren't a part of the Easter, be, be able to be here for the Easter experience, which, by the way, thank you guys again for an incredible turnout. Um, did anybody get to see um, the, the write-up that they did uh, at, at Williston online? I think I posted, or the church posted, I can't remember who did it, but um, we posted the link uh, that somebody was there from that organization, um, and just phenomenal, um, phenomenal, phenomenal um, turnout. And it's because of you. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make some noise. That's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Well, if you're, if you're ready to get into God's word, somebody say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. So let's go to the book of Mark chapter 2. Book of Mark chapter 2. While you're turning there, uh, I want to welcome those that are tuned in today live through Facebook and those that are tuned in uh, later in the week or maybe later in years down the road uh, on podcast. We are so honored that you have tuned in today. Mark chapter 2. Now, most of you are going to recognize this story if you've already kind of looked at the... How many are grateful for the, for, the, for, the, for the bold type on the top of your Bible that kind of lets you know what's fixing to happen? Some of y'all are going to recognize this story as um, the, the story of the paralyzed man that was brought to Jesus. Uh, and, 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 and what I'd like to call not so conducive circumstances, okay? And if you've never heard the story, I don't want to go straight in, but, but this guy was paralyzed and he had some friends that brought him to Jesus on a mat. And this is probably one of my most favorite stories. I've, I've taught from this passage before, but we're not going to focus today so much on what Jesus did for the paralyzed man. I really want to focus and put our attention on the four friends um, that he had. Um, so uh, let's just dive right in. Mark chapter 2. Uh, begin with verse 1, and I'll read uh, 1 through 12. It says this, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. 
Soon the house where he was staying, that's Jesus, was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. Everybody say, that man. Paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Oh my, to the owner of the house. <laughs> they don't even talk. They don't even bring that up. That probably would. I mean, how many knows if somebody came to your house and you had you had a distinguished guest there, and and somebody wanted to meet that guest because that guest had something they needed, and they just ripped the roof off your house. How many knows that there probably not be some biblical things that probably came out your mouth that we could put in the Bible, huh? Right? Oh, okay, 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 okay. Anyway, I'll just I'll just keep moving. But it's true. They don't even talk about the guy who owned the home. But it said, then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Verse 5, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, seeing their faith, he said to the man who needed something. He said, because of their faith, to the man who needed something. He said, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Now, this ruffled the feathers of some of the religious people, as Jesus often did. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought, to, thought everybody say thought, did not say a word, they just thought, okay? Now stay with me. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Now Jesus knew, everybody say Jesus knows. It's something that my parents always did with Brittany Nicole, my sister. Uh, she was the middle child that anytime she did something that... Um, was probably not the right thing to do, and she didn't want to come clean, they would always say, this is just pastor stuff, just what happens in a pastor's home, they would say these words, Jesus knows, and let me just something, some, let me just tell you, something miraculous would happen. Brittany Nicole would come clean with whatever it is. Jesus knows. It says, seeing, uh, he said, but some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy, only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? You ever had somebody read your mail before and you've never even sent it to the post office? You just wrote a letter and put it, huh? Probably not, but that's what Jesus was doing. He was reading their mail. And I think Jesus loved to do that to religious people because they felt like they knew it all. Be aware of people in the church who think they know it all. Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. Let me just make note, he walked out not the same way he went in. He didn't look back. Hey, boys, throw me that rope. I'm on my way up. No, 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 no. All the religious people. See, when Jesus Christ does something in your life, it, all, the, all those all naysayers, they have no choice but to move out of the way. Amen, Anybody got naysayers in your life? Continue, listen, continue to follow the plan and God's plan. Follow God's plan for your life. And all of those obstacles, Jesus will either move them out of the way, could be a thing or a person, or he will give you the power to step over. Because how many knows most of the time where Jesus is calling you is the next level? (laughs) 
And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. That is my prayer for this house, whether we stay here, which we're not very much longer when we get to there. I want people to walk in and go, I've never felt anything like that. I've never experienced anything like that before. There must be a God that what he is saying is true. He loves me in spite of me. I could go to my phone right now and pull up something that came in through the church Facebook page uh, that, that somebody who, who has just been coming just for a couple months and just on and on and on about how they, how they, how, when they got here, they just felt the love and acceptance. Let me tell you something. You don't always get that wherever you go because right. we're, we're human beings and we're full of conditional love, conditional love, conditional love. I'll love you as long as these conditions I'll stay as long as you mark off my check, all, you check all my boxes. Amen. Let me tell you what Jesus does, what he did to all the religious people in their boxes. <laughs> Are y'all ready for this today? Are you ready? I've titled today's message simply this, party of four. Party of four. Amen. Write that down, party of four. It's going to make sense in a minute. By show of hands, how many of you like to go out to eat to a restaurant? Y'all like to go out to eat? I like to go out to eat. I don't get me wrong. We love, to, we love to eat. Amy and I love to eat. We love to, to experience. We love food. We can tell you about just about any restaurant in Gainesville. If it's good, we'll give you the, the five to ten, whatever it is. I mean, that's just what we do. And I, don't get me wrong. I enjoy, I enjoy good home cooking. I love fried okra and ham on a Sunday. I'm not talking about fried that looks fried okra that's like really nice breaded. I'm talking about burnt okra. Y'all know what I'm talking about? What, how gram, grandma used to make that. It, you, you actually had to get a jackhammer in that pan to get that, get that stuff off that pan. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I love that stuff. But, but when you go out to eat, this is what typically happens. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going, especially if you're going to Gainesville, you're trying to find a parking place because um, there's houses going up everywhere. And you try to find a parking place. You find one. You walk in with your, with your, with your crew, your family, your party, whatever. And, and you walk up to the hostess stand and the gentleman or, the, or the, the young lady there at the desk. What's the first thing they ask you? How many's in your party? How many is in your party? Have you ever been that guy or that lady has to, you have to say awkwardly, one? <laughs> Because how many knows it's not much of a party unless you got some people partying with you, right? Okay, so keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. So today I want to talk to you about who's in your party. Who's in your party? Party of four. Who's sitting at your table? Who, who has access to the command center of your life? This table represents your life. And I don't know about you, but a, a, a lot of the world's problems are always so, solved around food. How many know what I'm talking about? What's the one thing we like to do at church? Eat. You can't have a good church meeting until you have dinner on the grounds afterwards. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Who's sitting at your table? Who, 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 is, who is partaking of, of substance that you're providing? Are you always the one providing for everybody? Or do you have those friends that are actually responsible for bringing stuff to the table and they're adding to, adding to, not always, not taking away, but who, who's in your party? You got family members always taking? Or do you have family members and friends that are actually contributing? Who's sitting at your table? Who has access to your life? Now, this is a very important topic because... As the old saying goes that you're familiar with, show me your friends and I'll show you your show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Hear me. 
Who you surround yourself with and who you hang out with is important. I'm not talking about the people that you go to work with and, 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 and because a lot of us, we spend more time with, with our coworkers than we do our own family, right? And, and you can't help who they buddy you up with on the job site. Some of y'all wish you could. <laughs> Yo, boss, he got to go. <laughs> y'all, she just causing way too much drama for this house. Listen, hear me. You've got to surround yourself with people who will push you to be better. I'm talking about who's in your party, not acquaintances. Who, who, who has a seat at your table? My dad taught me a long time ago, not everybody, not everybody is privy to your table. Because they'll take what you got and run home and leave you with nothing. Who's at your table? Who's, it, who's in your party? Some people that, that are a part of our party, we can't experience a party because they shouldn't be invited to the party. I'm asking you to do some inventory about who's in your party. You got to surround yourself with people who challenge you, people who encourage you, people who make you laugh, people who make you better, people who make you happy. Now, if you're high strung like me, where's all my eight? A type personalities, y'all, yeah? If you're strung, if you're strung out, not strung out, if you're, <laughs> well, I like that preacher. <laughs> if, you're, if you're high strung like me, you gotta, you gotta surround yourself with people. My wife does a great job at this. I'm not always welcoming to this message that she sends me, but this is what she says. Stop being so serious all the time. And she does it just like that, little firecracker. Stop being so serious all the time. I heard you. <laughs> it's not true. She's not sassy like that. Just a little bit maybe, but not, not, all, the, not all the way like that. I'm just, she, she's, in, she's in charge. She's in, she's in charge, y'all. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> We're talking about the importance of being strategic when it comes to who's in your circle. So we're looking at this story when Jesus was in the city of Capernaum and, 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 and news of Jesus was uh, that he was back was spreading so fast and, and where Jesus was staying and they all, let me just tell you something, when, when God's in the house, you can't, stop, you can't keep people out. I'm not talking about where Jesus was in Capernaum. I'm talking about when you lift up Jesus in this house or any church house or any house, your house, your house, not the church, your house, when you center everything around Jesus. We talked about this yesterday in premarital counseling. When you put everything, Jesus at the center of everything, there's not much else that can go wrong. That doesn't mean all your problems are going to go away, but that just means when problems come, you're going to handle them right because he is the center and the foundation and he's the cornerstone. So, so we just read that Jesus was teaching in these four dudes. Everybody say four dudes. They don't have names. We'll, maybe we'll give them names in a minute. Jesus, the stories and stuff didn't always give, give names, but, 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 but the four dudes showed up carrying this guy who was paralyzed, and they brought him in on a mat. Now, I think it's, it's, it's good to point out that sometimes you have to have people carry you when you can't carry yourself. That's why it's important that you got the right people sitting at the table because some people be sitting at the table and they'll just watch you fall. Loving the entertainment. Can I get some popcorn with this? Because this is hilarious right here. No, no, no. You need people that when they see you fall in the ditch, they're going to get up from the table you've provided and they're actually going to run to your rescue even when it's not popular. Amen. 
I could share a story with you about just this week. Your pastor had to do the, the exact, that exact thing. When somebody falls in a ditch, are you going to get there? Are you going to go down and you're going to help lift them up? Or are you going to stand like everybody else and scoff? See, what God asks you to do ain't always popular. But remember who he actually entrusted and asked to do it. Hello. There's a reason why the scoffers didn't get asked. Okay, let me move on because I'm not angry. I'm angry at the devil because he's twisted our minds. Even people in the church twisted us up, jaded, just jacked up in the head. So we need to have people that will help carry us when we can't even find the strength to carry ourselves. Man, we see this in marriage. Amy and I, all the rest of you that are married, we're not always, I mean, we try to be on the same page, but a lot of times if, if I'm having a bad day, thank God she's having a good day and she helps lift me up. And then there are other days that she's having a bad day and Bradley treads lightly. <laughs> no, and what do I do? I'm there to lift her up. We see the same thing in marriage. It's important that you get connected and hooked up. Not just a hookup, but you get hooked up with the right one. Because you can hook up with anybody. And you can put a ring on anything. Oh, I'm just shooting way too straight for some of y'all. Well, if you'd stop living crooked. I felt Dennis Weber right there. <laughs> that would be a moment. Me and Amy, if Dad would have been here, we'd have went... <laughs> it's not popular to stand up here and point out things especially when you know you're dealing with them yourself hello <laughs> but the difference is I'm willing to look at it and go yep that's my problem Jesus help me through it not so I can stand up here and go yes brother I have it all together cause I don't I just figured if I wear a jacket more often, y'all might take me a little more serious. <laughs> I was at something this week, and, and somebody from the church was there, and they said, man, this is, this is twice in one week we've seen you in a suit. I was like, I know these people won't think I'm a pastor or something. I love y'all too. No, no better place I'd rather be. So here's this guy, man. He's paralyzed, and, and he heard that Jesus was nearby, but he couldn't get there himself. And thankfully, he had four friends, four dudes, four in his party that had this ingenious idea to load up their friend on a mat and just get him there any way he could. I just tell you, I tell you what, if they had a John Deere tractor back in the day, I guarantee you somebody would have rolled him up there in a John Deere tractor laying in a bucket. Come on, somebody. Y'all missed that message. You got to go back and watch it. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Now, like I said, we don't know who these four guys are. Didn't even give them a name. Didn't even the guy who's the center of attention, the paralyzed, they didn't even give him a name. They just put him on a mat. So we're going to call him Matt today. Okay? It just works. And, and the guys, the, guy, the four dudes, let's give them names. I gave them names this week. Billy, Bubba, Moose, and Peanut. I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. Because these guys were not your average Prius-driving, khaki-pant-wearing Golf tournament, tennis lovers, this was not those dudes. These are dudes what I would like to consider from Levy County. Come on, somebody. Because ain't nobody in a Prius going to write out, yo, let's go to the roof and rip this thing off. Huh? <laughs> now, don't Betty get offended. 
I'm talking about the guy that would roll up from Levy County, drive out to L.A., run down Rodeo Drive in a jacked-up four-wheel drive truck with, some, with two guns hanging in the back window. Y'all, who am I talking to? <laughs> yes, sir, buddy. That, that thing will be tricked out all in camo. Wouldn't even see him coming down the rode, rode, Rodeo Drive. Rodeo Drive. Might I remind you that if it wasn't for Matt's friends, he would have never gotten to where he desperately needed to be? We don't know. Maybe Matt didn't even know that Jesus was in the house. It was in the town. Maybe it was the four friends that heard. Because maybe Matt just figured, this has always been this way all my life, so this is the way it's got to be. Remember what I said last week? Was it last week? You don't have to live where you at. You don't have to stay where you felt like life left you. And so maybe it wasn't even Matt that knew. Maybe it was Bubba, Billy Bob, Peanut, and Moose. Maybe it was those guys that heard said, you know what? We got to get him to Jesus. So how does that look like today? You know that family in your neighborhood that's struggling. You know that family member in your own family that needs something different. Maybe they experienced church hurt. You don't have to bring them here on a mat. But some, maybe you need to get them here anyway. Maybe they don't even know what they need. But you know what they need because you know what you're getting. Amen. And it's straight Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, so they arrived at the house, and when they got there, the place was so packed out that they couldn't even get through the door. Let me stop right here and say sometimes there is a door of opportunity that was afforded. Listen to me. There's a door of opportunity that was afforded to everybody else. And to you, it looks like that, that opportunity no longer exists. And, and maybe, maybe now that door is closed. But I'm here today to tell you that just because the door is no longer available, it doesn't mean that you can't get in. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about what's that, what's that thing you're, you've been trying. And, well, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be, but there's no opportunity. There's no door. Maybe you need to go get you four dudes. Maybe you need to get you four gals, get you four friends. I know there's some ladies in here that, that pack. Maybe you need to find somebody that's got a little bit of that, mm, I'm not talking about literally, but they got some, got some Holy Ghost in them and say, you know what? We're going we gonna to crawl up on the top of this thing and we're going to rip the roof off. What's the roof? It, it's not a home. It's whatever is con- confining you and not allowing you to get in to what God is calling you to get into. Amen. You're going to have to get some, man, Billy, Bubba, Peanut, and Moose, they were some creative thinkers. You're going to have to get some creative thinkers in your party. That say, you know what? We might not all be able to, we may not be able to get in there right now, but I, I, what you reckon if we, if we go around the backside, we might can crawl up on the roof. That's creative thinking. Amen. I got to ask again, who's in your party? Who's in your party? Who's your crew? Let's go back to verse four. Let me read this. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. I'm just telling you, these cats, these dudes, let's rip the roof off, Junior, and let's drop him down. We'll, we'll go MacGyver on. There was a MacGyver in the Bible before MacGyver ever was on your TV set. I'm talking about we're just going to lower him down right in front of Jesus. I, I, they probably, I'm sure the first person to notice was the owner of the home. Hey, what y'all doing? What y'all doing up there? It's okay, man. It's okay. It's all right. Because I wonder how many times the church has been the owner of the house. I own this house. 
You're disrupting my... Jesus is here. Oh, Jesus is here. You're disrupting. That's my seat. And, and, and this is my church. And we're preventing people from experiencing the gospel of Jesus Christ in the way that he would have been speaking it today if he was here on this earth. Well, I'm just used to three points in a poem. That's not me. <laughs> Somebody say, man, you're being rude. That's what Jesus was doing to the religious people. And the only people that get offended are the people who got a little religious spirit on them in the inside anyway. Make my head hurt. Golly. Who's in your, who's in your, who's in, who's in your party? You better have the Holy Ghost up in there. That's all I got to say. And he'll help you make sure that the right people are sitting at your table. Because if you hadn't invited Jesus to the party yet, you need to close down the restaurant, close down the shop till you get that right first. And then once you make Jesus center, then, then he'll, he'll make sure that all the right people were in your party. And if, you, and, 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 and if you're confused about, well, somebody's already sitting at the table, if you... If you, if you mm, if you will surrender to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will help. You won't even have to ask them to leave. When you start getting things lined up, crooked people can't stay. They either got to say, I'm going to get right or I'm going to get left. Our pastor, our pastor, our pastor's wife back in Dedra used to say it all the time. When somebody would be offended with something, I'm sorry you feel that way. Bye-bye. <laughs> pastor's wife now. So y'all wonder where I got it from, but I've been trained up. It wasn't nothing, no, no seminary. I mean, seminary could teach me. He put me down in the nitty-gritty of life. I got to see real raw and ugly church. I got to experience church hurt. I got to see people get hurt in church. And God said, these are all the things you need to make sure and be careful of because I'm getting ready to entrust you with valuables, valuables, lives. And, when, and God is going to say the same thing to you. I want to entrust, with you, entrust to you valuable lives. Don't just look at the people at your table to be the ones to bring you stuff. Get along with the Father so that you can actually provide for those that are at your table. Because a one-way, a one-sided relationship will not work. You both got to be serving each other. Amen? Man, I'm only on page number four and I got 20. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You got nervous. Oh, listen. I wonder, I wonder if, if the four guys, if they actually shared their, I wonder if they shared their um, plan with Matt. Hey, Matt, we're, we're just hang tight. We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna lift you up on the roof. <laughs> and if you start to fall, we're going to catch you because we know you can't, do, you can't, you can't move. I don't, know if he, I don't know if they told him their plan. To which I will say, you don't need to always tell everybody in your circle your plan. Can't tell everybody the game plan. Listen, when we knew about the property, I knew about the property like five years ago. I wasn't running around telling y'all, hey, there's property behind beefs. It's going to be ours. I didn't, I didn't tell nobody because I wasn't going to allow the enemy to step in. and Because and, and, that's just, dude, he'll, he'll show it to another church. Or he'll show it to another business. God intended it to be. Yeah, but I thought it was God. But let me... The enemy has power down here on earth. You can't tell everybody your business. You can't tell, it, you can't tell everybody what God has called you to do because he called you to do it. And not everybody is going to understand and not everybody's going to agree. 
Okay, so, so let me just let me get to these four points because I don't want to move this into next week to, as a part two. So, so, so verse four tells us that they uncovered the roof. I want to give you four types of people that you need to have in your party. Here's the first one. You need to have some friends in your party that are willing to help you conquer and get through any obstacle. Because average friends would have been, well, Matt, can't get in the door. It must not have been God's will for you to be healed. Have you ever heard that before? No, you ne- the reality is sometimes it's hard. You're not always going to have someone there greeting you and opening the door for you. That's why there's a verse in Scripture that says, encourage yourself in the Lord. Man, you can be having one of the most greatest seasons and somebody do something or call you or, or send you an email or something and, and just and deflate the air and your spiritual tank. Sometimes you got to dust your feet off and encourage yourself in the Lord. Because the enemy doesn't want you to, listen to me, the enemy doesn't want you to stay on that high. He wants to, he wants to kick, the, kick, kick the legs out from underneath you so you fall on your face and fail. That's, what, that's, that's true success for the enemy, that he can watch you fail. And, and you might make a bad decision, but then the people that are in your party, God, I love you, Holy Spirit, the people that are in your party will actually get up, get up from the table and help you reestablish yourself. That's the purpose of the church. Number two, second kind of person you need. You also need friends in your party that can see something that you can't see. So that's acknowledging that you might not know it all. I tell, my, I tell the leadership team all the time, I, I don't, I, I've never done this. I, I, I don't know the answers, but I know, this is so cliche, but I know the one who does. But it's got to be more than a cliche statement. I must surrender myself to him so he can reveal to me the answers for my life. They say, well, we might not be able to get in here, but let's go around the roof. We're going to rip the roof off. Listen, sometimes you just got to go ahead and determine in order to get where God is calling you, you got to be willing to go to the next level. And let me stop here and say this. This is important. It's important who's in your party or who's in your circle because ain't everybody ready for the next level. Let me move a little closer to you and say this. Let me slide up to the table. If they can't grow with you, they can't go with you. If they're not willing to grow, they got to go. Verse 5. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Number three, person number three, you need friends in your party whose faith is visible. You need people in your, in your community that are, have visible faith. Not just say, I'm believing for your healing. No, they're willing to jump in the ditch when, when you, I, I'm believing God's going to get you out of this. Well, are you willing to jump in the ditch with them no matter what everybody thinks about you? Are you willing to? Amen. That's faith. You need to have some people around you that don't just talk faith, but they're actually faith walkers. And they have visible faith. This confused them. This confused the boys because they're like, we brought him here because he clearly needs a healing. Listen, Jesus will fix what's really broke in you before he fixes what you think is broke. It was clear he needed to be made whole. But in order for him to completely receive that healing, he needed to know that he was forgiven for his sins. 
The religious people didn't like this at all. <laughs> Not surprising. Number four, you need people in your party who have integrity. Integrity is they're the same person behind closed doors as they are on a platform. You need to have people who have integrity that they feel the same way about you when you're in the room or out of the room as they do when you're in the room. Because it's easy to, hey, Pastor B, we love you. You're awesome. We're so thankful for you. But if Pastor B doesn't check all the boxes on a particular Sunday, Pastor B is Pastor Stu at lunch. You need, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm using myself as an example because you got people in your circle that don't feel the same way about you when you're not in the room as they show you when you're in the room. It's, it's time to start evaluating who's occupying space in your life. Somebody said, well, I, I, just, I, just, I, I just don't, I don't have a lot of friends. Well, I'd have to point you to Proverbs 18.24 that says, A man who finds friends must himself be friendly. If you're, looking, if, you're looking for, if you're looking for friends who have integrity and, and, and people who have faith that is visible and uh, people who, who, who can see something that you can't see and people that will help conquer and get through any obstacle, you got to be willing yourself to do those same things. Okay, I'm done. I pushed too hard today. I feel it. Oh, it's hot. If I had my phone, I could probably see the emails just generating right now. Ba-bing, 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 ba-bing. <laughs> hey, hallelujah. But I'll never apologize for sharing truth, man. Never, 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 never. Because too many people in the church believe in a lie. So you know how you get to the bottom of a lie? You expose a lie and tell the truth. All right, let me wrap this up in closing. We got, our ask our, we got to ask ourselves this question. What's keeping us, what's keeping me from getting the right people in our party, in our group? What is, what's keeping us? Is it fear? Is it rejection? Brother, I've just been, I've been rejected too many times. Imagine how Matt felt. I've been hurt way too much. I, this is just how it's been all my life. Is it church hurt? A past ministry hurt you? A past church? Past pastor? Listen. Release City Church is not a perfect church. Because we're asking God to fill it with imperfect people. He died for us. Not the perfect. Excuse me. Not the people who play perfect. Because nobody is perfect. No, not one. I wrote this down this week. We are the right church that's going to give you the word. And we're going to speak life over you and your family. And we're going to help elevate you to your next level. And we're going to jump in the ditch when, when times get tough, even though it's not popular. And we're going to stand and celebrate you when you win. What am I saying? Get connected. I'm not tooting Release City Church horn, but I'm telling you, 
what we have. Gosh. And it's not me. It's not Amy. It's not even my parents who who laid the foundation. It's you. It is Jesus, but it's you. Get connected and stay connected. Man, we just launched our groups this past, just before spring. And I think we got one more month, I think, before we break for the Man, get, man, these guys are, ladies are bling-blinging and ting-tinging and all that stuff. And, and, and we got horseback riding. We got groups that are fishing. I mean, we, I mean there's all kinds of groups. We're going to have more next, next time. You can, you, the, the group sign-up list, you, if you didn't get the sign-up, they're still out there. You, you can sign up through the whole semester. And hopefully by next semester, you'll be able to sign up online. You'll get to read and see all the, the things. We're going to get more high-tech. <laughs> Man, you want to be connected? Join a serve team. I can't say it enough, man. We're doing good in the kids, but if you're not serving somewhere, man, find out how you can get connected and serve. It's a greater, better blessing to give than to receive. Can I just share with you? Based on the numbers where we are, by the end of this year, if not, by the first of next year, we will be running double services on Sunday. I'm just telling you. Because, because studies will show us that once you reach 60% seating capacity, that people don't feel comfortable and they'll turn and go out. Well, guess what? If, if, if all we want is our four and no more, no, no, we're going to provide space so that I, we, the church that I was on staff at, we had an early service. It was early. It felt like sunrise service. I was leading worship with toothpicks in my eyes sometimes. But guess what? It'll be like a 9 to 10.30, an hour and a half service. And then we'll clear out the auditorium in the parking lot. And then we'll, roll, we'll do another service from 11 to 12.30. Enough, enough people. And there'll be, I'm just telling you, there'll be plenty of opportunities to serve. Because my responsibility is, is to keep you healthy and not, you're going to have to serve both services. No, 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 no. And your responsibility is to make sure that I stay healthy. And I'm just telling you, because people ask all the time, what happened to midweek service? Let me tell you. Because I saw the big picture. God had already showed it to me. And I didn't have the liberty to tell you until now. You can't tell everybody everything because they may not understand. But, when, but now that you're seeing the growth, do you understand? If we were a small church of 25 people and y'all brought five kids in on a Wednesday night, we used to have Wednesday night services. We had the exact same number of people on Wednesdays that we did on Sundays, which meant there were 40 to 50 kids back here. And it's already hard to try to find and fill those classes. If we had a group of 25 people at a church of 25, then we could bring your 10 kids in and put them all in one room and we could teach them while we have church midweek. But guess what? We got 50 kids plus kids with zero volunteers. And so, so I'm facing that of we need to have midweek service. We need to have midweek service. I feel that pressure and I understand because I feel the strength. But listen, the greater picture is this. In less than a year, we're going to be running double services. Why? To prepare us for what God is doing just five miles down the road. It's true. So my responsibility, whether people understand or not, is to make sure that I keep us all healthy 
and that I stay healthy because I saw my dad for over 30 years running dog tired everything and the day that I found him laying in the bathroom floor gone it's like all the 30 years flashed before my eyes and I'll ask myself was it worth it my dad taught me so much more in his death than he did when he was alive because I'm watching how he's taught me how to do ministry and he also taught me the things not to do and I want to be around for a while hello so, so what's the alternative to Wednesday nights I'm done, I'm done. what's the alternative our groups ladies on, 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 on Thursday men's breakfast on, on once a month and we can do more people say well, we, we want to do more but the things that we are offering nobody shows up to and I have a responsibility to keep the 20 leaders that we have. We don't have this is not a staff-led church. Yes, there are leaders that are, that are compensated for, for students and, and our kids, but you're looking at the staff. I'm the secretary. I'm the worship leader. I'm the pastor. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'm just wanting you to help understand. I'm the facilities guy when stuff breaks down. I'm learning how to call on people who are better equipped, but I don't like, I don't like, I don't like inconveniencing people. That's hard. That's, that's something my dad taught me. <laughs> don't inconvenience people. And I, but I'm having to learn to just open up, man. This is not my strong point, but it's yours. My job is to raise up leaders. Okay? So, so where are we going? Man, be patient. It's bigger than what's in this room. I've been saying that for two years. It is bigger than what's in this room. Will you stand with me? I just want to pray a special blessing. You guys come. I want to, I want to pray a, a prayer blessing. Man, I hope, I, hope to, I hope today you didn't feel like Pastor B was angry because I'm not angry. I'm not angry. But I feel like I'm driven by fire. And sometimes you need to see that fire. And sometimes you need to experience that fire. Because how many knows when you, when you get next to something that's on fire, you're going to get singed. You're going to get set on fire. Come on, somebody. I need you. To, the stuff that's on you that shouldn't be there, you might, you might say, well, I, I'm not willing to let it go. But if you get close enough to the fire, bless God, it will be burned off. Father, I thank you for your church. This is your church. Join hands all over this room. Real quick, cross the aisles. Father, I thank you for this church. This is your church. This is your people. And God, you have, you have, God, it wasn't me today. I think the passion was you from heaven saying, it matters who's in your party. It matters who's in your party. So Father, today, as we walk out of here, Help us to establish healthy boundaries in our relationships and in those that, are, that we allow to sit at the table. I speak a special blessing on every home. Those watching by Facebook, those listening by podcast, I speak a special blessing. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you. And in this moment, may he give you peace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And the church said. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. 
For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.